Because if we started to demand it, the grocery stores would start to bring it in. Yeah. Yeah. We just yeah. do have to demand it. If you go into a grocery store and just ask for these things, then they'll bring it in. Um, and then if it's available to people, then people are going to eat it. But, you know, convenience is such a big thing. If yeah. it's not convenient and if it's not <clears throat> familiar, then people won't really go for it. So I think that's, those are kind of hurdles that we have to make. It's, it's taste, texture, convenience, affordability, and availability. And once those are crossed off, I think um, everyone will hop on board, but it's, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's tricky to get there, but I think it's, we're on the right trajectory for sure. Yeah, we Okay, welcome back everybody to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. I am your host, Nicolette Richet, and I love this podcast because I get to interview some of the most remarkable people in the food as medicine, regenerative medicine, plant-based, whole food world. And on today's show, we have Julia Murray, who I'm going to be chatting with, and I'm so excited to have her on the show because Julia is born and raised in Whistler, where I am living, and you don't get to meet many people who are born and raised in Whistler, but she is one of the rare few. And being raised in Whistler, this woman is a super athlete. She is an Olympian. And with that, she's also a vegan expert. She's a vegan blogger, a registered holistic nutritionist. She is a certified plant-based chef um, with her Hooked on Plants blog. So check out her blog. She's got tons of great recipes. What else does Julia do? She's also the chief plant evangelist of her new 80-20 program. So if you stay right through the whole podcast at the very end, she's gonna give you a discount so that you can do her 80-20 plant-based whole foods program and you can learn all about what it takes to switch onto plant-based food, overcome all of your limiting beliefs about plant-based food, for example, where are you going to get your protein? How are you going to buy and prepare the foods? Or if you're not a chef or a cook, you might think, well, I don't know how to prepare these meals. She teaches you how to do all of that. So get on her 80-20 program. You're going to love it. Um, and really great to have that as a foundation because at the end of the day, if you ever are diagnosed with a chronic degenerative disease, well, her program can prevent that. But if you ever are diagnosed, then when you hop into our Eat Real to Heal program, you'll have so many of the skills that you already need to have to be able to actually use our program to reverse your chronic disease. Now, Julia is also the founder of Jules Fuel, which is an incredible product. Normally, I never promote any packaged foods at all. I like you to really get used to purchasing whole foods, so foods that may become at most in a box or a paper bag. But what Julia does is she's concocted this amazing plant-based vegan whole food unprocessed breakfast cereal. You can eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It is so nutrient dense, but it's all whole foods. No preservatives, no fillers, no dyes. It literally is. She's just assembled some of the top ingredients for you so that when you make it, you're getting the best of the best of the best without having to mix 10 different things into one pot before you cook it. 
you can soak it overnight you can cook it uh, the night before and eat it cold the next day or if you like a warm dish then you can have it warm it's an incredible product one of the rare few products that we carry at our green mustache restaurants because at the end of the day we make everything from scratch but Jules Fuel made the cut and we're so excited to be able to sell it at our restaurants. Now, what else can I tell you about Julia? She is one of Canada's top vegan athletes and she's a vegan lifestyle coach as well as being uh, a coach that teaches you all about cooking and recipes as well. So she can support you through the lifestyle changes that you need to make to turn on to plant-based eating. So I'm so excited to welcome Julia Murray to the show. And before we dive in, let me share with you a few things that are happening in our world. So we have our three day Eat Real to Heal retreats that are coming up next year. We just made the calendar. They're going to go live on our website at the Richer Health Nutrition and Detox Wellness Center. And we have seven retreats happening, one of which is at Hollyhock. Hollyhock is a beautiful, beautiful, magical destination retreat center on Cortez Island in beautiful British Columbia. It is a gem of a place in this world. I taught there last year and I'm going to be back again teaching this year. Our, and it actually ends up being a five-day Eat Real to Heal program there. Or you can come to one of our retreats at our Pemberton location in beautiful British Columbia. We just had a sold out retreat this past month. It was amazing. Some of the most beautiful guests gathered from all over North America to learn about how to eat real to heal so that they could reverse their diseases. Um, one person's going through a healing reaction right now. We teach you all about how to safely get through healing reactions, which is all part of developing your metabolic energy so that your body can enter into a regenerative state and so your body can harness its innate ability to reverse a chronic degenerative disease. So we teach you all about how to do that using food as medicine. Another exciting announcement is the Game Changer movie is out. It's not one of the number one watched films right now across the planet. Please see it. It's on Netflix. There's no reason why you cannot watch this. Even if you don't have an account, get over to your friend's house, watch Game Changers. It will teach you the art and science of living a vegan plant-based whole food lifestyle. And the science is incredible. I've been teaching this stuff for 22 years and it literally hits the nail on the head. James Cameron, you literally did one of the best jobs I've ever seen in any documentary. So thanks for making that film. Another exciting announcement, we are gonna have the penis doctor from that documentary on our podcast. So stay tuned and look out for that podcast where we really dive into the research of how men and women, but really especially men, can get better, better blood flow to their penises so that they can have a longer, better, firmer, more exciting sex. And we all know that once men hit their 30s and 40s and 50s, a lot of men are really suffering from uh, erectile penis, it's penile dysfunction, as well as many other um, issues as a result of loss of blood flow to their genitalia. So we're gonna have, I call him the penis doctor, but we're gonna have him on our show in the next couple weeks, so stay tuned for that. Also, if you live in the BC area, 
please sign up for Spud. It's spud.ca where you can order our green mustache plant-based whole food, 100% organic meals and have them delivered right to your doorstep. If you like going out and socializing with your community, get over to a Be Fresh Cafe and eat one of our green mustache meals. We also serve them and sell them at the Be Fresh Cafes in British Columbia. So get out there now and enjoy a meal with a friend. And last but not least, while I was in Portugal vacationing with my family, I got interviewed for the Tony Robbins podcast. And that podcast is going to be airing on December 4th. So in the next few episodes of our podcast, we'll be sharing more about the details of the Tony Robbins podcast. We're so excited to have been picked one of 10 companies, 10 CEOs who got interviewed for the 10 Gifts of Life podcast series with Tony Robbins. It's truly an honor. It's a blessing to be able to share our message through his platform. So stay tuned and we will send you the release dates for that podcast. So that's it for now. Let's jump into our show, our episode with Julia Murray. Such a treat to have her on our show. Thanks everyone. Enjoy and share with everyone that you know so we can spread the message of eating well so that you can live well and do well. Okay, welcome Julia Murray to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and with you on your awesome new podcast. Yeah, no, it's really exciting. You're just asking me how many shows we have and we have about 39 plus shows um, already out. We have probably about, we're about eight weeks um, uh, it, it, with producing more shows. So that's going to be good. So yours is going to be coming out probably, um, I would say October, beginning of October, but um, so excited for that to come out because we get to announce your new program that uh, you are launching. But before we dive into that, um, for the world out there who's listening, Julia is an incredible athlete. She is um, an incredible human being as well, um, because post-athletic um, career, you are now um, giving to the world in incredible ways with all of your plant-based knowledge. So why don't you tell us about the program that is coming out? Sure. Um, yeah, well, I've, I mainly have just gone plant-based over the last four years. And I was just so inspired by all of this kind of newfound knowledge that I didn't even know was there before. Um, and so this program that we've created now is something that I really wish I had then because I was kind of lost in the dark when I knew I wanted to do this, but I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to make that transition. So 80-20 plants is what it's called. And it's all about eating 80% whole food plant-based and 20% indulgent food plant-based. Um, and then 100% plant-based is the, is the goal, but we're gonna help people with coaching and community and uh, meal plans and recipes and also for me to be there with everybody and um, through video lessons and everything. So it's, it's a, like a whole meal deal. And I really wish I had something like this because I'm sure just like you, it's like, where do you start when you find all of this, all this stuff that you probably, you know, it's like, we all deserve to know this. We all deserve to know that the plant-based diet is the healthiest diet out there for increasing your energy. And for me as an athlete, my recovery, um, and preventing chronic disease. 
and helping with longevity, but it's just, it's not out there. It's beginning to be. Um, but when I found that out, I was just like mind blown. Um, but we can get more into my story in a little bit if you want, because there's yeah, a I lot there. <laughs> I definitely want to dive into the history as well because of the fact that, you know, you say you've been doing this for four years and you didn't know about this before. And, you know, I was a former athlete playing tennis. You are, I mean, a former athlete in so many ways from being an Olympic athlete, um, World Cup champion from, you know, um, being with the Canadian National Ski Cross team. I mean, the list is so long. But what were you eating? Like, were your coaches at the time when you were training hard and skiing hard and biking hard? Like, what were they, you know, suggesting that you eat? Or did they even play a role around in, in your diet, in your nutrition? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Because really, there wasn't much in the nutrition side of things when we were. Um, it was the inaugural ski cross team for the world for the uh, World Cup tour. So I was one of four women and four guys to be the very first World Cup um, the Canadian national team members for ski cross because it was so new and it was just going to be in the Olympics in 2010 for the first time. So this was 2007. Um, we formed this team and it really was low budget and it was kind of just like okay let's figure out a team that can get to the Olympics at our hometown Olympics in Vancouver 2010 and we have five years to do it. So, um, or yeah, it was, it was sooner than that. Sorry. My, my years are getting off. So yeah, 2005, 2006, there we go. Um, and yeah, so we didn't have all the support that a lot of other teams did and we really didn't talk about nutrition much at all. Maybe we had one nutrition talk throughout my whole time on the team. And to me right now, knowing what I know now, that's just totally mind blowing <laughs> because it, it just affects you so much, not only you know brain fog and energy, but also for recovery as an athlete and all the injuries that were happening with ski cross. Uh, the sport of ski cross is four people going down a course at the same time with jumps and rollers and bank corners and there's crashes and passing and, it's really fun, but <laughs> definitely uh, there's some there's some carnage too. <laughs> so so yeah, to have to have no nutrition um, knowledge really going through that was was pretty crazy when I think about it now. But um, yeah, so after that, I became a nutritionist uh, after I retired from ski cross, and now I know that I really should have been on plant based diet that whole time. <laughs> And do you, which school did you go to to study nutrition? So I went to Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. Right. Yeah, became a holistic nutritionist. And that's really where I was opened up to this whole world of plant-based eating. And I just realized that all these arrows were pointing to plant-based eating as um, the answer for so many things. And I didn't know any of this before. So that's really where it got me, got me really interested in, in researching the other sides of, of veganism and plant-based living was the health aspect. So I, I know that a lot of people are pulled from different ways. There's the animals, environment, and health. Um, and for me, it was the health aspect that really pulled me in. But now I'd say environmental is a huge part and the animals are really where, um, that's where I'm gonna stay plant-based no matter what, it's, it's for the animals. So it's interesting because a lot of people come from different ways, but if you do it, if you do it for one reason, then you're gonna help all the other reasons. So it's like a win-win. 
yeah, it's all interconnected. When we talk about our food, like anytime you put, you know, whether it's packaged, processed, refined food, the minute you're purchasing those products, you are affecting the environment in huge ways, right? Like with all the packaging and the synthetic chemicals and, and everything. And then, you know, if you're a meat eater, I mean, for anybody who, out there who hasn't seen, you know, the classic Forks Over Knives, um, yeah. that's a great introductory documentary. Um, if you want to understand the relationship between your food, especially if you're a meat eater um, and the environment, when we talk about client, climate change, I mean, it's, it has one of the biggest impacts and biggest contributors to climate change is meat production. Um, yeah. Exactly. So there's another angle that I think is going to come out though. So we have, you know, a lot of people are vegan and plant-based whole food for animal reasons, like you said, for health reasons. And then of course, for environmental reasons, but when Game Changers, the document or the movie comes out, which I got to see last year, which I was so excited. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, super lucky me. Uh, I had to travel to, I think it was Washington, D.C. or California, one of the conferences I went to, to be able to see it, but it was so worth it. But um, I know for athletes out there, when they see that documentary, they are going to become plant-based whole food eaters, vegan eaters, purely for performance. Mm-hmm. Like it is the yeah. ultimate body hack. And I hate to use that word, but it really is yeah. it makes you so efficient as well. And it would have been so interesting like to see you as an athlete. I mean, you're still an athlete and you're always going to be an athlete, but um, at the time when you're performing at the hardest and, and, and most intense time to see what that could have done for, for your racing as well. And then for your knee injuries, because you had a couple knee injuries as well, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all oh, the game changers. I can't wait to see that. And I think, I guess, by the time this podcast is out, everyone will be able to see it. Exactly. I just heard that um, we're in Whistler, BC, and um, the local cinema is going to play it on September 16th. So we'll be watching that for sure. And I'm so excited. I think that's going to, especially in Whistler, in a really highly active community, I think that's going to change a lot of people's minds about eating plants for protein and kind of busting that whole protein myth. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think it's going to be amazing to have that in our back pocket to be like, you have to go watch this. And I think a lot of athletes in Whistler are going to go more plant-based. I know there are some already, mainly doing it for the environmental reasons. Like I know Stan Ray is doing um, meatless during the week. And I know Ian McIntosh is really into it too. So um, there's definitely some athletes that are doing it because our glaciers are receding and they see that. But to do it for health, I don't think they completely understand or or really trust yet. So I think that's going to be a huge game changer. To oh, have yeah. Out there. Yeah. yeah. And I think the fifth angle as well is going to be, which, I mean, we're still so far away from that, but that's the kind of, that's where I take plant-based whole food eating to um, that next level of regenerative medicine. It's like when you get to see a lung grow back, when you are like highly nutrifying your body with like intense nutrients, which you can only do like you people only go that route when they're sick and they need to reverse the disease, but then they see the benefits of it. So that's like a whole nother, um, you know, call it a game changer, but that's going to be, you know, I love that to play in that space because it's, it's truly miraculous. And so many people don't believe that food has the power to do that, but it actually does. But getting back to, um, your knee injuries, like that's where, you know, I've seen incredible studies, you know, from 80 years ago where they saw that intense nutrification could actually regenerate the meniscus, right? And you had a knee injury. 
but you know, like it's a few researchers out there that are doing these studies. And unless somebody picks up their research and is willing to fund it with like millions and millions of dollars, nobody's going to take it to that next level. And of course you can't make money off plants, right? It's, you can't, Patent the no new broccoli thing. lobbyists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the meat and cheese is subsidized. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and that's a part that most people don't know is the subsidies around the food as well. Um, and going back to the protein, like how many times a day do you get asked, you know, like, well, can I really eat this way? Because like, there's no protein in that. Yeah, I mean, it's a legitimate question. I mean, growing up, it was always my mom was always a really healthy eater and would always give me organic and really do everything that she thought was, was right, you know, and, and most of it was, but I would still have a glass of milk with dinner every, every night. And I would have a piece of animal flesh on the, on the plate at all times, um, for the protein. And it's really, it is so cool that all this research is coming out now. I know Proteinaholic has made a big change in a lot of people's minds by Garth Davis. And, uh, it really isn't an issue. It's something that we just have to eat a variety of foods and you're going to a variety of plant-based foods and you're going to be getting all of the essential amino acids and your body knows what to do with those so it doesn't matter if you eat beans and rice at the same time to create a complete protein it's just if you eat a variety of plant-based foods throughout the whole week you're going to be getting more than enough protein and enough amino acids to pool into your body to create energy and everything that you need from protein so you know i think i think people are starting to realize that that protein doesn't need to come from an animal and it's it's pretty cool to see um and the whole regenerative thing i think is so amazing because your body is such a machine when it comes to regeneration um i mean when i went through my knee injuries i had acl twice one of them was right before the olympics i blew my knee completely uh, plus men meniscus damage. It was a bucket handle tear. So I had to, two weeks before the Olympics, get a scope done and get a piece of my meniscus removed. And then everything was just, you know, intensified because I was trying to make the start gate and I was a metal contender. And uh, so I was doing, you know, four hours in the gym, rehabbing, three hours of icing and compression. I had to move to the city to live beside my physiotherapist. And it was just like a crazy time in my life, but I got it. I got to the Stargate after cortisone shots and knee draining and, you know, drugs, lots of prescriptions. It was just like anything possible to get me to the Stargate and, and we would, we would do it. And I was fine with it because that was my dream. And that was something that I was willing to do, whatever they told me, you know? Um, so I ended up 12th. I ended up doing two rounds that day and landed off of a jump and bent my knee like further than I had bent it since the crash. Uh, it was painful, but it was like my adrenaline was going and my hometown crowd was there. So it was, it was an amazing experience at the same time. Um, and then the next year I came back after my rehab from my full construction, reconstruction and uh, blew my knee again at X Games. I went off the last jump, landed on the finish line, blew my ACL again, and tibial bone damage with two centimeters squared of bone on bone. So that's where this whole regenerative thing is it's pretty cool because I had microfracture surgery after that. Um, oh, back up for one week. I competed on that knee at World Championships and came. How <laughs> did you do that? Like, I know it's adrenaline and I know it's that will and that drive, but like that is major, major like knee damage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't see that it was completely 
blown my ACL right after the X Games. So we were like, okay, well, I'll just compete the next week at World Champs and see how it goes. And they came second, but then the week after went in for a scope and they said it was completely gone and that that bone on bone and everything. So I had microfracture surgery done and they actually drill little holes in your bare bone area and then bone marrow seeps through and creates new cartilage. That's so, cool. so cool, but weird. <laughs> so I had to sleep with this continuous passive motion machine for three weeks that would just bend and straighten my leg <laughs> while I was sleeping and two months non-weight bearing. And then, you know, now after I retired after that, cause I thought I didn't want to put my knee through anything else like that. And I, I know that there's a lot more to life than um, being a professional athlete, which I'm still an athlete, but that's when I got into the whole nutrition thing. And uh, now I, I definitely credit the plant-based diet to not having the incredible inflammation that a lot of people have. Um, Cause I know a lot of people with knee injuries and have had surgery and they're always inflamed. And I run every, almost every day. If not, I'm biking, I'm, you know, I'm using my knee a lot and it's not inflamed. So I definitely credit the plant-based diet to, to that that's amazing. And you know, my mom, she's 60, I think she's 66 now. And, um, and I might've told the story on the podcast prior to, but I'll share it with you. Um, so my mom has had like arthritic knees for 20 years. Like the number one thing my mom would say when we'd get on the phone, how are you mom? And she's like, Oh, my knees really ache. And my mom, like, you know, she will like sort of charge through it. Like she'll race around with the grandkids and she'll go for hikes with us and she'll do that. But she's always had these inflamed knees that are so painful and they keep her up at night. So the doctor finally said, you know, you have bone on bone, mm-hmm. cartilage is gone, you need to go get knee surgery. And this was last summer. And so my mom said, yeah, you know, I'm going to go get the knee surgery. It's been years of this. Finally, a doctor's like put her through and scheduled her for it. So yeah. in the meantime, we ended up doing the Gerson therapy challenge for five weeks, the Eat Realty Heal challenge. And my mom was like, yeah, she signed up for it. And I saw her online that she had signed up and she did it. And five weeks later, my mom walked to her appointment, which is up the super steep hill and went back for another scan just before the surgery. And the doctors are like, you don't have any inflammation on your knee. Like all the water's gone. Um, and so they canceled your knee surgery. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's so, not, we were like, it's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. But when you say like a lot of people ask me, well, that's not possible. You can't regrow cartilage. And I'm like, of course you can. Like you have the stem cells in your body, which will regrow whatever part of your body needs to be regrown. Like that is what is so amazing. And I mean, and I mean, the technology is there. Like they know that if you can get the bone marrow, which is where the stem cells originate from, you can get it out of the bone and somewhere into the body where it needs it, then your body will just regrow it. Like it's exactly what you did with your knee, but you could also do this with a nutrification, you know, plant-based diet and where your body, like you have to detoxify your body because that will limit your body's ability to uptake nutrients. But I mean, it's all there. Our body knows exactly what it needs to do. We just need to give it the opportunity, right? That is so cool and so empowering so to know that you can do it on your own, right? And yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with your microbiome too. It's just so totally. constant um, involvement in your in your gut and your microbiome and the fact that we're like 90% bacterial cells and 10% human cells and they're constantly evolving and regenerating within you. Um, at, at a rate that you can't even fathom. Um, and that's like the, the center of everything. So yeah, I think the, the whole gut microbiome. 
science is just mind-blowing to me. I think it's so cool. Yeah, and we're just at the very beginning of it. And so when you were at school, did they teach you much about the microbiome when you were at the... No, not, not too much, actually. I just, I just kind of got more into it the more I read up into the plant-based lifestyle and, um, and listened to a bunch of podcasts. And, uh, oh, one guy I follow, the Gut Health MD. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on Instagram, he's always got lots of good stuff. Um, so those of you listening, definitely follow him and, and get, go into the deep end and, and figure out what the, the gut microbiome does for you. Cause it's great for your, your immunity and your energy, even mood disorders and anxiety and depression all starts in the gut. So, you know, if you're killing, if you're killing strains with antibiotics or, um, even meat and dairy, and if you're doing all this damage to your gut, you're going to start craving all of these, all of the wrong things. And then your, your bacteria really do rule your cravings and they kind of, in a way, rule your entire health of your body. Um, so yeah, if, if you need, if you need anything from, from this podcast, it's like the divide, the diversity of plants that you eat is really the precursor of a healthy gut microbiome. So just keep eating a variety of plant foods and it'll help you so many ways. Yeah, you know, it's such a great point to bring up because it's, you know, we're just at the very forefront of this. We like, this is really just science that within the last like five to 10 years, scientists are really picking up on. They're starting to understand it. It's why we're seeing so much, um, so much signage all around the hospitals and doctor's office saying, you know, like, don't prescribe antibiotics at the extent that we have been for the last, you know, 50 years mm -hmm. because of the fact that that destroys the microbiome. Yeah. yeah, it's so, so important for mental health as well. Like that's another huge, huge um, uh, side that, you know, we're just going to see mental health issues on, like rise tremendously. They're already at an all-time high. And really the only way we're ever going to like clear up this mental health epidemic is by restoring the microbiome, yeah. um, you know, which is like a lot of that bacteria lives in your large intestine and your kidneys, which is responsible for the dopamine and serotonin production. And yeah, like you said, like that is, you know, travels up to the brain and then that's what gives you those beautiful highs um, mm -hmm. and reduces the lows. And yeah, it really does start in the microbiome and it's why we need that plant-based fiber. Um, so who else do you follow um, uh, around the microbiome and like, what are some other things and tips that you can share with people for how they can, you know, especially if they're not um, currently eating a lot of plant-based foods um, and we're talking about plant-based whole foods. I want to clear that up with you. Yes. Plant-based whole foods. So explain the difference for people, like yeah. the listeners out there, what we mean when we say plant-based whole foods. The whole food plant-based diet is all around unprocessed plant foods as they come in nature. So they have the package that has fiber and phytonutrients and antioxidants, and there's no saturated fat, no cholesterol, and no antibiotics or hormones. It's just whole plant foods in their natural state. And then refined plant foods are, you know, refined foods like white, white sugar, white flours, um, things that are stripped of their fiber and all of most of their vitamins and nutrients. And um, I mean, there's different route, different areas of refined foods, but you know, white sugar and white flour most definitely are the worst. Um, and then comes animal products. And that's really what you want to avoid completely because they don't have any phytonutrients, antioxidants, and they're zero fiber and uh, no saturated fat, and, or sorry, they have lots of saturated fat and cholesterol. Plus, 
I mean, when you're just like we're talking about regenerative everything and how we're all interconnected, not only by avoiding animal products are you going to help yourself, but you're going to be helping everything that's connected to that. So obviously the animal that had to die for this, this steak on your plate and also what that animal had to go through and all of the resources it used to get to your plate from um, mother nature. So it's all interconnected. And really, if you just stick with whole plant foods, that's gonna answer a lot of questions and a lot of issues that you personally are having and the entire world as a whole is having. Okay, so I'm going to play the, let's say, devil's advocate, or I'm going to be the, you know, one of your uh, clients that are going to be coming to you because you're launching this program when, August 1st, 2nd? Yeah, uh, yeah, around then. Definitely. Right. Yeah. And you already have so many resources on your website already. So I let's just pretend I'm one of these people who want to sign up for that program or I'm on your website and I'm an athlete. And, mm. you know, one of the questions I get asked and so I'll pose it to you is like, yeah, but when I eat this way, I'm always hungry. Yeah. Right. Well, it's funny. Okay. So as an athlete looking into all of this and becoming a nutritionist, I love eating. I personally love to eat. And the fact that I could eat more if I focused on whole food, plant-based, eating whole, whole plant foods was really a dream to me because I just love to eat. So it's like, okay, lower calorie, higher nutrient. I can just eat as much as I physically want. And my body will tell me naturally when I'm full because it's so high in fiber. So that really got me. But then if you're an athlete that's trying to bulk in the gym and you don't necessarily like to eat that meat that much, and you might feel always hungry, then you just focus on more calorically dense, still nutrient dense whole plant foods. So stuff like, you know, throw beans in your smoothies or eat, um, eat more nuts and seeds and that sort of thing. Stuff that are more high in calories, but also super high in nutrients. And there's still a whole plant food. So um, yeah, that's what I kind of tell people usually if they're feeling hungry then just kind of throw extra calories in, but keep it whole food plant-based. Okay. Awesome. You're, you're convincing me. Okay. But what about my muscles? Because I know that like my friends switched to a vegan plant-based or whole food diet and they lost all this weight. Right. So again, it's all about making sure you're eating enough calories because switching over from a sad diet, we like to call it a standard American diet, which is what I was, you know, pretty much on when I was traveling as an athlete, you know, we had like mm -hmm. some, I don't know, in France, we had some horrible stuff. I can't remember what it was called, but it was mainly sausage and cheese and potatoes all mixed in a vat. And I had that twice one day and it was a race day. I remember it was on the mountain and then it was at dinner that night that had the same thing. I'm like, oh, I feel awful. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's mainly, you have to make sure you're getting enough calories because you're probably used to eating more calories in smaller condensed form. So eat a variety of plant foods, but also make sure you're getting enough of those calories. If you're eating a variety and enough, you're getting more than enough protein to help keep that muscle on and it shouldn't be a problem at all. 
Yeah. And what you're going to see in Game Changers as well is the fact that like there's these bodybuilders and weightlifters and they're like world champions and they, you know, are there, they've been on a plant-based diet for years and years and years and they still build muscle. And oh, yeah. like, you know, for people who think they're going to lose their muscle mass, um, they're not quite understanding the science of the food, which I know is complicated, hard to understand, but it really, I mean, you can hire somebody like Juliet and, you know, there's so many, um, you know, uh, nutritional, athletes, athletes yeah. who are nutritionists, who are trainers and coaches who can coach you through that. And it really is simple because if you look at a basic chart, you can see when people are concerned about the protein, you can see that, you know, you know, a cupful or even half a cup of chickpeas is, has more protein and more essential nutrients than, you know, a huge, massive steak, for example, which is going to then bog you down. So talking about bogging down, here's me playing devil's advocate again, you know, and, and I'm an athlete who wants to switch to plant-based diet and I give it a shot. And of course the comment is, yeah, but I just feel so tired. Where does that, what does that mean? And where does that come from? when they switch to a plant-based diet. They yeah. Um, yeah, again, it's the calories. And it's also, are you switching to a plant-based diet um, or are you switching to a vegan, highly processed diet? So there's a lot of people that I know that switch to a vegan lifestyle, but they just switch everything from what they were eating to a vegan version. And I think that these things have their place. I think that they're changing the world like the Beyond Burger was the most successful on the NASDAQ, which is amazing because people are really seeing, um, you know, all of these plant-based alternatives as an option to really satisfy that taste, texture, convenience, cravings. And that's amazing because we need that to help save the environment and the animals. But when it comes to your health, uh, that's what 8020 is all about. This new program, it's about focusing on 80% whole food plant-based and then that 20% you can play around with these fun uh, vegan alternatives, but they are usually highly processed and they come with extra oils, salts, and sugars. We call that SOS, right? You, you're looking for, if you're, if you're low in energy, it's probably because you have these SOS, salt, sugar, and oils, a little bit too high in your diet. So if you can just switch mainly to whole food plant-based and and minimize those processed foods, then you'll feel a lot better. And I also want to say too, if you're wondering about, you know, athletes, uh, vegan athletes, and looking like like wafer thin and, and losing their muscles, just check out these guys. I I got the opportunity to interview these guys at Veg Expo this year on the athlete panel, uh, Dom's Thompson, uh, and you, maybe you can leave this in the notes. I will, yeah. Uh, Dom's Thompson, Tori Washington, who's a professional bodybuilder, and he's been vegan all of, well, he's been vegetarian his whole life, vegan since 98, and he's definitely not lacking protein. Um, he's huge. <laughs> yes. And Badass Vegan is a good one too. Uh, Johnny Juicer, he's, a, he's another good one to go off of. He, he mainly is a, a raw foodie and he's, he's got muscles too. So it's, it's all very doable. And once you switch over, you'll kind of figure it out as you go. Um, for me, it took about a year to transition because I was just learning about it on my own because no one else in my life was doing it. And I found out about all of these things. I watched Catspiracy. I watched Forks Over Knives. I watched um, Earthlings, which is what really got me connected to the animal side. And immediately I was like, okay, I got to do this. And I just have to figure out how to work it in 
in our life. And then, um, oh man, I could just talk forever. Can I? <laughs> I love it. Long. That's why we do long form. It's so you can talk forever and share as much information in one good shot. I just, it's one idea leads to another. Um, but my husband, Davey, he wasn't, he wasn't into it in the beginning. So I would, I would cook meat for him still and then do my plant-based dinner. And um, eventually we started transitioning him to the plant-based versions of things and then naturally into the whole food plant-based version of that. So, so it's, it's like a long process but, and baby steps, but, and you don't have to be perfect. Um, but eventually you'll get there and, and you don't have to worry about protein. Oh, chronometer too is a really good one to, to punch in everything in your day if you're really worried about anything. And it shows you everything from micronutrients and proteins and amino acids. So you can just punch in a normal day of your eating and you can see most likely if you're eating a standard American diet, you won't be hitting all of those, um, all of those levels that you have to be, be hitting. But when you switch over to plant-based and you want to make sure you can just punch in everything there and you'll get a lot of answers. Yeah. What is that one? The what's Chron- Chronometer. So C-R-O-N-O-meter.com. Yeah. Awesome. We'll put that in the notes as well. That's perfect. Um, yeah, that's one of the things is that, you know, we have everybody who's really focused on, and, and they're focused on this because it's been perpetuated through uh, the medical community and the uh, dietitians community for a long time, but it's, everybody's focused on macronutrients, right? So how much protein, how much um, carbohydrates, and uh, how much sugar are you getting basically, or, you know, fats are you getting? And um sorry, protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And so everybody wants to focus on those macronutrients, but then they forget there's like 82 plus, but probably hundreds of micronutrients um, that we, things that we haven't even measured yet. Like for example, if you have an apple and you try and dissect it to all its separate, you know, molecules and chemicals, you're never going to be able to put that apple back. So what is the stuff that actually truly holds the apple together that we haven't even been able to measure yet? But, you know, within that apple, there's, you know, 80 to, you know, 120 different um, chemicals and nutrients that we can measure. And so nobody really seems to care about those. They really yeah. just care about protein, you know, fat and carbohydrates. And most people are so afraid of carbohydrates that it's crazy. So let's talk about carbohydrates a bit. Yeah. And it's, it is crazy that it's just in those three macronutrients because carbohydrates really should be into two separate, um, what do you call it? It should be categories. Refined. Thank you. <laughs> categories, two separate categories because it's refined carbohydrates and it's whole food carbohydrates and refined carbohydrates work completely differently in your body. Your body doesn't know what to do with a refined carbohydrate because again, it's stripped from its fiber and its vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients. And with whole food carbohydrates, they're the most health giving foods in the whole world. I mean, um, the Blue Zones by Dan Buettner. Love the Blue Zones, yeah, love Dan. So he, went around to places in all over the world and checked out all these places that have the longest living people. And, you know, the Okinawans lived solely mainly on sweet potatoes was 70% of their diet. And that's a whole food carbohydrate and uh, it's super delicious and packed with everything that you need to live and be energized with. So it's really kind of sad that people are afraid of carbohydrates because they are life giving and energizing and not something to be afraid of. 
Um, and when we talk about carbohydrates, it's like it's fruits, vegetables, legumes, um, and nuts and seeds are more in the fat category, but there's still a whole food plant-based um, uh, way of going. And it's not, oh, and potatoes and oats, you know, it's like oats and oats are so amazing and so energizing. So um, yeah, don't focus on just carbohydrates as a whole because cookies and cakes and things like that are not the same. As yeah. That's a really great point because of the fact that, um, you know, especially with the whole gluten-free shift, I remember years ago when I first saw the first gluten-free book and I was like, this is not going to go well in our society because it yeah. gives people permission to just remove the gluten, which is actually very nutritious for people who can eat it, but mm -hmm. to remove the gluten from the wheat and then just pack the products full of sugar and refined oils and refined salt and then, <laughs> yeah to make it palatable like it's it's quite like the minute i taste a gluten-free product i'm usually like gag get it away from me i can tell it's gluten-free because of the fact that number one it's so sweet because it has all the sugars in it um and it's so processed it tastes yeah. so fake um and that's not adding nutrients and we are living in a society where we're lacking nutrients and so yeah distinguishing between refined carbohydrates and whole food carbohydrates it's so important people and i know for myself like potatoes are a huge part of the metabolic nutritional therapy that i teach my clients who have chronic disease and when i tell them you get to eat potatoes twice a day in your soups, baked potatoes in whatever dishes you want, eat as many potatoes and where they're like, what? And what? So, many, so many people have been like going potato free for years. And I'm like, why? Like you yeah. are missing out on one of the, but like the best um, vegetables on the planet. Well, that's a funny thing too. It's be, people see potatoes as fries and yeah. They see pizza as a carb and they see things as carbs that really are just loaded with oils and fat. And that could be, that's mainly the problem there. So it's, it's not the potato, it's the oil and the preservatives around it when you're eating the fry from McDonald's. And it's not, it's not that pizza is a carbohydrate. It's, you know, it's mainly covered in cheese, which is 70% fat and packed with hormones and addictive <laughs> and so pizza is not a carb it's more on the fat realm but people see it as like oh i ate too many carbs or the pasta that was that was loaded with you know cheesy creamy sauce and they see that as a carb but really it's the cheese that's really the bad um i mean really refined pasta isn't great but if you're going for a brown rice pasta with brown rice and water as the two ingredients and that's a good carbohydrate to have if you need pasta. So, so yeah, it's very confusing for people and it's really unfortunate, but if you just come back to whole food plant-based and you focus on, um, you know, how close is this food to its natural state instead of saying, Oh, I, I'm avoiding carbs this month or, yeah. or gluten or yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot more basic and easier for people to really grasp. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I love, um, and I'm sure you see this all the time as well, that when you have clients that, you know, have weight to lose, so they've been overweight for a long time, they can't figure out how to lose the weight, they try and exercise the weight away and it doesn't work and they're still carrying the extra, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100, 200 pounds, like Josh um, Lajani, we just had him on our podcast and he lost 200 pounds. Like it's crazy. Wow. 200 pounds. I the feeling of that. Oh, that's like, <laughs> 
yeah, that's like removing a human and a half, like, yeah. you know, like it's, it's Amazing. crazy. And, um, so I get that all the time with my clients and this is where, um, it really debunks the whole caloric myth because when you eat whole foods, that includes the potatoes and the yams and the beans and the high carb foods, like whole food, um, carbs. I mean, you still lose weight. You can't keep this excess weight on when you're eating clean, real food. And with the therapy I teach my clients, um, when they're doing the full therapy, um, when they have stage four cancer, they eat, they consume 6,600 calories a day. Oh, wow. I know, and twenty, but that's because they're consuming twenty-three pounds of organic fruits and vegetables in a day. But seventeen pounds of that is juiced because they need those extra nutrients. We're going after like IV in your vein yeah. nutrients. Yeah. So they're still consuming seven pounds of you know whole foods, but and a lot of that is carbohydrates. But then they lose weight. So it's not about calories and it's not about carbohydrates, right? And you also don't exercise when you do this there because we need to conserve your energy for cellular regeneration, not give it away to yeah. exercising. And so even with that, they lose weight when they have weight to lose. But on the same therapy for somebody who's underweight and they do it, they gain weight. It's like, it just balances everything out. Yes. Your body it's so awesome. To do with it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I love about eating this way. So mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about your mom because I love your mom and she's <laughs> <My> amazing. <laughs> That's so great. And she, um, I love how she's so passionate about food as well. And how has that been in your family? Like who was like four years ago when you were first learning about plant-based whole food eating or whole food plant-based eating? Um, you know, how was that with your mom? Because I know she was definitely all for organic. I love having the conversations with her at our potlucks. Um, yeah. But, you know, has there been any struggles or has it just been like you two or two peas in a pod? Like, how's that been? Because I know it's really tough for people when they're making the change. Yeah, you know, like family and friends is probably the the hardest people to trans transition over to a plant-based diet. Um, and you really can't push. I, I'm realizing yeah. that, that the last thing that you want to do is make them feel bad about their decisions they're making and push them into something that you've just become really passionate about. Even though you can be extremely passionate, um, it's not like they're going to hop on the bandwagon right away, um, usually. But my mom, on the other hand, was so into it. And uh, anything that I would watch or read, I would just send over to her. And she's all about longevity and being able to do all the sports that she's doing now for as long as possible with me which is very cool. She's just learning how to kiteboard <laughs> because what? of her. And she is, you know, she used to be a freestyle skier and now is an avid skier and mountain bikes and everything. She's an incredible athlete and a very big inspiration to me. But now she is completely plant-based as well, which is really cool. And she pretty much, you know, the same, same amount of time that it took for me, it took, it took her to. So, um, you know, I would watch Cowspiracy and I would, I would tell her to watch it and I would watch another documentary like Forks Over Knives and we'd watch it together and she's just totally into it. Um, and I think I'm really lucky in that way. My stepdad too, Ray, he's on board. He's uh, awesome too. I love him. Yeah. yeah. And I think mainly for him, it's, it's all plant-based at home. And then if somebody's feeding him food, um, at their house and they just cooked a meal for them. They don't, he doesn't say, you know, I'm not going to eat that. So, so that's a tricky thing right there with, I think a lot of people go through that as well. It's a social, totally. the social thing is the main part. I actually just asked on my, on my Instagram the other day, 
the, you know, what was the hardest part of going plant-based, if you are plant-based. And the majority of people were like social situations, social awkwardness, um, going to other people's places for dinner, going out for dinner. Um, So that definitely is the hardest part. Um, With 80-20, we do a lot around that, the social aspect of going plant-based, because it's real, definitely. Um, I think it's getting easier by the day, though, because there's things like game changers are coming out. And um, if you follow plant-based news and veg news and live kindly, they all have amazing uh, like news flashes about like what awesome things are happening in the plant-based world. And the momentum is just crazy. It's, it's happening really, really fast. And the research is coming out. And I think it's a, on a good trajectory, which is kind of necessary in the state that we are in right now. Um, but yeah, back to my mom, I think that she's amazing and I'm so happy that she popped on board with me and we can go find vegan restaurants and be excited about it. And she's just into it. So I'm lucky. That's for sure. (laughs) And I think so much of that too. I mean, your mom's always been really open-minded, obviously, and very progressive and, you know, living in a ski town. I mean, nobody moves to Whistler, you know, who's not a little bit forward thinking and progressive, but we still have a lot of people here who are like, I need my meat because it's the only way I can, you know, compete on the mountain. So, you know, everybody wants to assume that people in Whistler are healthy, but I mean, a lot of these Whistlerites have been my clients and I meet with them in their, oh yeah. And we get into their homes and I'm like, the reason I meet with them in their homes is so we can go through their cupboards together and then we can make sure we're on the same definition of what, you know, healthy eating is. And right. I've yet to find, you know, it'd probably be your home would be like one of the very few homes in Whistler that I would say we're on the same page when it comes to um, healthy eating, but most people, yeah, refined foods, lots of meat, lots of cheese, not very many vegetables in um, the cupboards of a lot of these people in Whistler. Mm-hmm. Um, and our grocery stores reflect that up here too. Uh, when I was in Oregon last summer surfing, we went to the local grocery store, like it's kind of like a, a big grocery store, but not any name that I was familiar with. And they had like five different types of broccoli like eight different types of tomatoes. Like I was like, what, what are these things? And I was just like, I spent an hour in there. My husband and my kids were just like, come on, mom, let's go. And I'm like, no, look at these things. And they just had such diversity in their produce section that we do not have up here. And I think that is definitely a reflection of also what the people want up here as well. Because if we started to demand it, the grocery stores would start to bring it in. Yeah. Yeah, we just yeah. do have to demand it. If you go into a grocery store and just ask for these things, then they'll bring it in. Um, and then if it's available to people, then people are going to eat it. But, you know, convenience is such a big thing. If yeah. it's not convenient and if it's not <clears throat> familiar, then people won't really go for it. So I think that's those are kind of hurdles that we have to make. It's, it's taste, texture, convenience, affordability, and availability. And once those are crossed off, I think um, everyone will hop on board, but it's, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's tricky to get there, but I think it's, we're on the right trajectory for sure. Yeah, we are on the right trajectory. And I think another point that you brought up is about um, the evolution of switching to a plant-based diet and knowing that, you know, you didn't get there overnight. I did not get there overnight. Like when I first started, you know, 22 years ago, I started writing my first papers on soil um, health of the environment and um, animal production and animal, um, you know, husbandry and what that and how that um, 
linked to cancer and chronic disease. And I mean, it was just my first for, for Ray. And of course, what did I do? I had, to, I had to look at what I was studying and what I was researching and writing about and be like, wait a minute, is this true? And it took me a lot of years to convince myself that the scientific literature that I was reading was actually correct, but then nobody else around me seemed to believe it. So then therefore I questioned it. So I didn't jump right in. And when you talk about, um, you know, it, when you talk about that social aspect of, you know, becoming plant-based, I also see it as a reflection of your personality. Cause I know for myself, mm-hmm. I did the same thing that your stepdad did. Like I would go to people's homes and if they cooked something that had meat in it, I'd be like, well, I don't want to offend them and mm-hmm. I don't want to make them feel bad. But what does that say about my personality is that, you know, am I a people pleaser and, you know, versus, you know, being really somebody who's principled and values, um, has values that, you know, are rigid and they're not flexible. And, you know, when you're principled, that means that you have values that you're going to say, you know what, sorry, but I just won't do it. Whereas I realized, you know, my values were always like waffling and waving as I was trying to justify and get the science. And I was somebody who needed just that science, um, where other people maybe who go in with that conviction that like, I'm not eating animals because it's bad for the animals and bad for the planet. And they just know it like with every cell in their being. And so it really reflected who I was and that I'm a bit of a waffler. So that took me a longer time yeah, than other people. And so not to beat yourself up over it and to know that this is a, it is a, it's a journey, right? I totally feel you. And I feel where he is too, because it's, I'm a total people pleaser as well. And I'm not really extreme. And so when I found out the environmental reasons, the health reasons, and the connection that I I had with the animals, um, after watching Earthlings, I wanted to share it with the world. And I, I didn't really know how because I didn't have all the answers, but I knew that I found something that was really um, touching me deeply and I had to share it somehow. So that's why I started Hooked on Plants and I started writing. I just wrote my Why Vegan page and I just wrote down all of these reasons to do it and why I was doing it. Um, so then I could have something to tell people to go to instead of me being like, oh, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just doing it because it feels right and I, my dog is the same as a pig and, it, and it's just, it didn't seem right for me to say it out loud to people that early in the game. So that's why I started that because I'm not really um, a person that goes out and, and yells these things from the top of a rooftop. Um, but now that I, that I really do have, I feel like I have a voice and a lot more knowledge and a way to speak it. I'm, I'm really excited to share it in a positive way and just get people to eat more plants instead of telling people you're a horrible person for eating meat. I don't yeah. want to be saying that to anybody because I was there. And um, yeah, but it, it's interesting definitely to figure out who you are and how you react to this information that you now know and you really do have a responsibility to share because everybody deserves to know all of, all of the things that I found out um, and continue to find out. You know, the more you think you know, the more, or the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know everything. But um, yeah, the, I think the, the turning point for me definitely was watching Earthlings and there's a scene in that movie, which is on Netflix, so everyone can watch it. Um, and this cow is being pushed and prodded down this really thin aisle uh, to get slaughtered and you can you can he can't turn around but he looks back 
and just the look in his eyes it just got me really deeply and I, mm -hmm. I couldn't stop crying after that and I didn't even make it through the whole movie um but I had my dog Derby at the time who's now not with us but I looked at him and I looked at what I was looking at on the screen and I'm like you're sentient this cow is sentient every you know they both have feelings and they both have emotional um like humor emotions and everything that an animal and a person has and so why would we put them through this and and have them as something that we eat just for taste and texture and culture and normalcy it's it's just a little bit um i i found that more extreme than telling people to eat plants you know killing 56 billion animals a year is a lot more extreme than yelling to everybody eat more plants so once i made that connection it, it made it a lot easier for me once i put my myself in the animal's shoes um it, it makes it a lot easier to be an activist for them but not be um but not tear people down for what they're doing just just plant seeds here and there yeah, I use that term all the time. I love that you mentioned that um, plant seeds because that really is, I think, our role. Um, we just had a dinner last night with friends from Quebec and uh, who were visiting, and you know, we were chatting all about. Of course, it always comes back to food and health at our house, um, <laughs> and you know, and they were saying that you know it's really hard for them to go out there and. Um, and to talk about this with people because they feel like when somebody asks, well, well what about the protein? They don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not about having the answers. It's about planting the seed and you use yourself as, um, as the, as that one piece of evidence to say that, you know, I switched my diet and I feel good, right? Mm -hmm. That's all you have to say. And if someone says, you know, well, what about the protein? All you have to say is like, hey, you know what? Here's a book. It's called Proteinaholic or here's Hooked on Plants blog by Julia Murray. Just go to her blog and she's got lots of information on there. Um, you don't have to have all the answers because even the scientists don't have all the answers. You know, my brother is a biophysicist and he works specifically in um protein lipid uh creation and formation like it is so specific and when we talk about protein it's like one little tiny protein out of all the you know hundreds and hundreds of different protein that you know people could be specialists in so even the scientists aren't specialists in all areas of nutrition you know you might have somebody who focuses on sodium salt and another one focuses on magnesium and right. it's just like there's so much information. And so what you do is you just plant the seed that, you know what, I'm plant-based. I decided to do it for these three reasons. Here's two documentaries and one book to watch. And that's really a great place to start because um, if you think that you can't share information because you don't have all the answers, then you kind of, you know, you're going to be isolated and um, you won't open up that opportunity to, you know, plant that seed and then see what emerges from there because that person is going to see another seed and be hit by that other seed that's planted by somebody else who talks about carbohydrates and somebody else who talks about fats. And then it's all going to come together for them. And then they're going to make that first foray, like whether it's, um, you know, the 80 20 program or five week eat real to heal program or something like that. And then they're going to attempt it. Yes, I love that. Yeah, the more places they hear it from and the less they're actually pushed, uh, the more likely they'll actually be curious about what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it is our job to share information because we are a human species and the only reason why we've evolved to where we have is because of storytelling. Yes. 
right? Storytelling is, so it is our responsibility to share this information. I love that you brought that up and you've shared so much incredible information. Um, We're going to put a lot of this information in the show notes as well. Um, One thing that I'd love to uh, chat with you about is your other business, uh, Jules Fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so which is green mustache cafes. <laughs> yeah, we can get it in there, which is so awesome. We've been selling it for a few years now and it sells really well. So tell us about Jules Fuel. And the one thing I want to know about Jules Fuel um, is what was that like for you to venture into that world of producing a product? What's the product all about? And why did you choose that one product? Um, so yeah, when I retired from ski racing, I didn't really know what to do because like a lot of athletes, it's like, that was my life. Everything was planned out for me. So I went to school for two years and did communications. And throughout that, um, I took a business marketing course and there was a project in there to create a food truck. And, uh, I had already had this idea of creating a breakfast food Um, company because I would take this breakfast cereal with me on the road all the time because there wasn't really that many great options for breakfast while we were traveling so it was it was an overnight oats version there's also a quinoa oatmeal version and um, so I decided that I would create a little business out of that and in the business marketing course I made my food truck into my jewels fuel business proposal instead I think I got 10 percent knocked off because I wasn't doing the food truck idea. Like, come on, this is my real idea in life. Anyways. <laughs> I think so, help too. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I did farmer's markets with my Jules Fuel packages. And, you know, we were packing, packing it at home, just, just my mom and my boyfriend at the time and I. And uh, yeah, I did a couple of farmer's markets and loved, loved that whole vibe. And then got it into grocery stores and started demoing in grocery stores and got it into green mustache. <laughs> and yeah, right now I'm really excited about the overnight oat version because that's something I eat every single morning for breakfast pretty much. Yeah, It's oats and buckwheat and a little bit of coconut sugar for sweetness. People are really used to a lot of sweetness in the morning. Had to throw a bit, in that, a bit of that in there. Um, and then blueberry cacao is one version and matcha date is the other. So all you have to do is soak it overnight in your favorite plant-based milk. And you can even make your own plant-based milk. I have a recipe on the blog for that. A few of them like hemp milk, almond milk, oat milk. Um, and then just explain, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt. Just explain to people who are listening how easy it is to make uh, alternative milk. Yeah. It's so easy. You either soak your nuts overnight and then throw it in the blender and then add water, add some vanilla and cinnamon, and then blend it up and strain it through a nut milk bag. And then you can keep it in the fridge for three or four days. Um, But then with like hemp milk, all you have to do is blend the hemp seeds and water and then add whatever flavorings like cinnamon and vanilla, my favorite. And then you don't even have to strain it. So you can just keep it in the, in the fridge and it's a nice creamy hemp milk. Mm-hmm. And it separates in your mason jar. So you shake it up because there's no gums or anything in there. Exactly. Uh, and then, yeah, so that's really easy to do. And then oat milk is the same. You don't really have to strain it. You can if you want, but I, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. It's easy. It's way too easy. And, and cheap. Whole, and cheap. Yeah. It's so cheap. In bulk. Yeah. And, um, yeah, instead of eating dairy, there's just a huge array of options for plant milks. It's really cool going to the grocery store now and seeing that, you know, pretty much 50% of the, of the milk area is plant-based. 
Yeah. And it's kind of happening now. I know Elmhurst went completely plant-based. That's an old school dairy uh, milk producer. So they're completely plant-based because they see the profit profitability in it. And it's better for the environment. It's obviously better for the cows because the whole dairy industry is really, really awful. It's actually worse than the meat industry when you look into it um, because these cows have to go through hell and then be slaughtered. And I also have to mention too, any farm animal that's being slaughtered is actually a baby. Like they only are living until three or four years old and whereas cows can live up to th their 20s. So, you know, it's, it's not something that you really wanna, um, you don't wanna support this, the dairy industry because they take the calves away from the mother cow and these are emotional creatures. Yeah. Um, and then the, the mothers are milked annually until they, they can't be milked anymore, then they're impregnated again, and this whole cycle continues. So it's not something that I like to support, and uh, now there's all these other amazing options. So why not try a plant-based milk and make your own at home? It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, and so nutrient dense, and you can use almost anything that you want. Truly, anything yeah. that you want. Um, oats are definitely like if somebody is on a we every once in a while um, get people who write to us and they're like, you know what, we're on a forty dollar a week food budget for mm -hmm. a whole family of five. Forty dollars. Wow. Yeah. And that's the reality of it for a lot of people in North America. And, you know, oats, you can buy a whole bag of oats, like 30 pounds or 50 pounds of oats for like $35. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. And you only need like, what, a quarter of a cup of oats for like a liter of water. And you've got, you know, so it's literally pennies a jar. The other thing I love about it as well is that um, there's no packaging. Yeah, none of those Tetra packs, none of the glass bottles, none like you are making it all. It can come in a paper bag, you recycle the paper, and you you literally could produce, you know, thousands of liters of milk from like one 30-pound bag of whatever product that you're buying. No, oh, exactly. And yeah, talk about affordability. Yeah. A lot of people do say I would eat vegan, but it's too expensive. And really the opposite is true. The so opposite. first of all, it's it's going to be way less expensive when you're older because you're not going to create all these chronic diseases and then have to pay for all of these prescription drugs and all that. But in the smaller picture, it's definitely, it's so cheap to go buy bulk, go to Costco and they've got a really amazing organic section now, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, and then there's also bulk online places that you can find and, and order it right to your door. Um, and you know, the most expensive things out there are meat and cheese at the grocery store. But then if you're, if you're going to fast food, the reason that's cheap is because it's all subsidized. So really, if we do demand more plant-based foods, then it'll become cheaper eventually. Um, whereas, yeah, I mean, but you can just start with your local organic farms and farmers markets and get the cheapest produce possible. You can go to your produce manager and say, I like bananas. Do you have a huge box in the back? I'll buy them from you for, you know, at cost or, or whatever. See, see if you can work a deal with the produce manager, wheeling and dealing in the back of the grocery totally. store. Yeah, it happens all the time. That's what we teach our clients to do. It's, and the produce managers do it every single time. They're like, yeah, if, you, if we don't have to pay a staff to unpack the box and put it on the shelf, and if it doesn't have to take up any shelf space, because it's expensive, right? Shelf space yeah. is expensive. Yeah. And then if you just buy the whole box, 
we'll give it to you at cost plus like a little tiny bit of a markup. It's awesome. They do it all the time. Yeah. yeah, and you go home with massive boxes of things that aren't going to go bad in the back of the grocery store bin. So it's it's a win for everybody. So definitely hit up your grocery store manager, your produce manager. Yeah, there's lots of different ways to make it cheap and affordable. Yeah, because that is an important um, piece that comes up all the time is people who say they can't go, you know, vegan or plant-based. And, and of course, too, when it comes to the packaging, I mean, you know, with your business, like the labels, like I'm pretty certain I know how much every single sticker on every single bag costs for your product. Like it's expensive, right? Yeah. And now I'm rebranding and figuring out um, biodegradable packaging. Awesome. And it is, it's crazy. It's like, it's more expensive to do that, but I'm really, it's definitely worth it because single use plastic is never good. I mean, with Jules Fuel now, it's, it's zip bags, which is great. So I always tell people to use it as a Ziploc when they're done, exactly. but I still just want to get rid of all that and do biodegradable. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking at all that right now and it's, it's yeah. totally mind blowing how expensive it all is. Yeah. And then, and that cost has to be passed on to the consumer. Otherwise you'd never make it as an entrepreneur. So like yeah. the cost of the sticker on the front and the back of your packaging, cause you need a nutritional label when you are, um, you know, packaging a product, then the cost of the bag itself, right? Like that's so expensive. So, you know, all of that, you know, that's what you're paying for. You're not just paying for the raw product, yeah. you know? And so for anybody like, and I love your product because it's so easy like on a day when I'm like I don't have time to assemble 10 ingredients I can grab your product yeah it's awesome you know and I can then um you know quickly make that or take it camping or take it you know just have it in my purse it's always a perfect go-to for everything and so convenience is so important and you do pay for convenience but you know for the people out there who can't afford you know Jules Fuel or they can't afford a bag of go-to Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can just go and buy, you know, all of those products and, and truly just make it yourself and it yeah. is truly affordable. Um, if you think that goji berries are the answer to your, you know, health and your illness, you're incorrect there. So, you know, like if you're somebody who's, you know, struggling, you know, on a $48 a week budget or whatever it is for food, you know, go buy potatoes and carrots. Don't yeah bother with the goji berries, you know, those can be your dessert or your treat. Um, You know, so at the end of the day, it is not expensive to eat plant-based. I mean, it's a, that's a good point with superfoods because um, of course they're amazing and packed and nutrient dense and all of that. But if you are eating a standard American diet and having superfoods sprinkled in here and there, it's not really going to do that much. It might make you feel good in the moment. Um, And sure, that's something, but when it comes to longevity and overall health, it's all about eating a whole food plant-based diet and then sprinkling it here and there with superfoods will, you know, make it even better. But the base of whole food plant-based is where health is going to come from. That's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And so I understand why you started the business. Like breakfast is an important go-to meal, but is that the reason you chose breakfast versus any other? Yeah. Yeah, it was mainly because I was traveling with something very similar in Ziploc bags all the time when I was an athlete. So um, yeah. and, And again, I'm, I was not sure what to do really after being an athlete. So I, I needed to get my creative juices flowing and, and put them somewhere. And that's kind of where it ended up going. And, and it was something to do with my mom too. I just, my mom is still super involved with every Jules Fuel decision. And yes. it's that brings us really close to, which is really fun. Um, so it was a fun project. And then it 
it was doing pretty well for a while and I've kind of stepped back a little bit and focused a lot more on hooked on plants and 80-20 plants and a bunch of little projects here and there. But Jules feels still going and it's still rolling and people are still loving it. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm really curious because I hear about this all the time. Um, I didn't experience it because I don't think I was, I was, I know I was not at the same, um, even close to the same level um, of competing that you were. But when I came home, um, you know, after training four to six hours a day from Tennyson University in the States, like I was like, sell my racket that's it. I think I even gave them away and I stopped playing and I was so happy to be free of, um, you know, just every single day, the same thing. And I love tennis, but you know, everything same day um, in and out. And I was so excited for, you know, I started rock climbing. I started doing all these other things, traveling a ton, but did you go through a slump afterwards? Like after you stopped competing, what was that like to be an athlete at the Olympic and world level and then to come home and not be an athlete anymore? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. And it's actually, we had a lot more talks about that than nutrition (laughs) from the athletic side of things. So we, we did have talks with Olympic Excellence Series um, was a was a program we went through, and there were a lot of people coming in as retired athletes saying, you know, I got completely depressed after retiring. Um, it was all that I knew, and I didn't know what to do with the rest of my life. Um, and so, yeah, it is a thing for sure. I I don't think I I dealt with it um, too much, but I would always kind of look at the next thing. So I think. Like for anyone out there going through a slump in life, it's like you just have to figure out what what fuels your fire and what makes you excited and direct yourself in that way, even if you don't have an answer to where it might lead. Because the energy that you put into something that you're excited and passionate about, it always pays off in a positive way. Um, so yeah, I just was trying to figure out where that direction was going to be. So that's why I went to school for communications. It's like a generic diploma that I got and it had it had the similar, um, you know, structure as being an athlete. So we would always have, as an athlete, you have to go to the gym for two and a half hours here and then go to physio and then dinner and everything was planned out for us. So I think schooling was good for me in that way for the two years after retiring. Um, and, and then it was just kind of my own, my own, uh, yeah, it's just so many opportunities and different directions to go in life. So it was a bit overwhelming after I retired from that or, or graduated from school and that's where Jules Fuel came in. So, and then, and then the whole passion behind the vegan thing and then hooked on plants. So it's amazing what, what kind of steps were unfolded throughout me just going with sort of what felt right and what I was excited about. So I would say, yeah, if you're going through that, just focus on what you like doing and what gives you a, a bit of a bubbly excitement inside. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a um, really good advice for people because at the end of the day, I think if you follow what you are enjoying doing and you just have to make a decision and just start doing something, mm-hmm. you know, the experience will tell you whether you want to keep going or not. Either you're going to yeah. like it and you want to keep going, or you're going to be like, I hate this. I want to stop. Um, you know, and then you just make another decision and choose something else. And, but the whole point is that, you know, you keep going forward because if you just sit there and don't make a decision to do something, that's when I think that slump really um, can, you know, overtake you and overtake your life. Um, and, and mistakes, 
erase those mistakes too yeah. as, as learning experiences instead of being bogged down by like oh that didn't work out so i'm a failure it's just like yeah move through those mistakes with with better clarity when you're on the other side yeah yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's really good. And um, and especially for anybody out there who is an athlete, I mean, you know that you didn't get to be an athlete without falling down a million times and having to get back up and keep going and try it and try it again. And so life is really, you know, just a mirror of what being an athlete is like. I mean, it is about making mistakes and you just embrace them and, and you keep charging forward. And I know 100% without a doubt that being on a plant-based diet also literally gives you the mental clarity to make good decisions for yourself as well, would you say? Yes. Yeah, definitely goes back to the microbiome. So fueling your microbiome with all those, the diverse plant foods and the serotonin levels upping and the immunity and energy from having a good, healthy microbiome, um, I think is really important for that. Definitely. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, you have shared so many incredible resources with us. I'm so excited um, to pop these into the show notes for everybody so that they can, um, you know, get in touch with these resources. If you are someone who has never considered a plant-based diet, I hope you will um, check out Jules, or Jules, <laughs> Julia's website, uh, Hooked oh, on Plant. I love Jules. <laughs> I always want to call you Jules. It's perfect. Uh, Julia's website, Hooked on Plant. Um, how else can they get in touch with you, Julia? Um, I'm active on Instagram. So yeah, get get uh, get a hold of me there and follow me and I can see your photos too. And I always like it when people, because I do do a recipe per week on Hooked on Plants. I put out a recipe and love recipe developing. So check that out and make my recipes and tag me so I can see your creations. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> so I love that. I love that. And then when um, the 80-20 program, what's it called? The 80-20 program? 80-20 plants? Yeah. 80-20 plants program. Yeah. Awesome. And that'll be out at the beginning of August. And I think when this podcast, um, or it already have been out by the time this podcast airs, and we're going to chat about a potential discount code for green mustache. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because if you just use green mo, um, and you can go and sign up now and it's, it's pretty much ready to go. So if you sign up now, go to 8020plants.com, put in green mo and you'll get a discount. And yeah, the 8020 plants program, like I said, is something that I wish I had when I was going plant-based. It's a full support system. So it's something that they could do before doing the Eat Real to Heal um, nutrition program because that's more for chronic diseases and really getting into the nitty gritty. Um, But 8020 plants is about the basics of transitioning from a normal diet, normal standard American diet to a whole food plant-based diet and it's 80 percent whole foods 20 percent indulgent foods is the goal and 100 plants but we're going to help you get there with video lessons and a full community and one-on-one coaching um which me included in the coaching realm and uh and yeah i'm really excited to get it out there i'm working on it too with eat for the planet nil zacharias um, oh, great. And also some guys from No Meat Athlete and Alpine Organics and True Wealth. So there's four guys and me working on this and TK also from Veggie Grill. So it's a, it's been for me a really fun experience because I've got all these other mentors that I'm working with now and, um, and they have a wealth of information and knowledge as well. So it's, 
it's a really cool program and I'm excited to get it out there. That is incredible. And is it all online for people? It is. Yeah. All online. It's about a two month program. So it's the first week is all about eating a whole food plant-based breakfast. And then the next two weeks are all about breakfast and snacks. And then the next week is breakfast, snacks, and lunch. And right there, that's 80% whole food plant-based. And then that's when after the month um, is over, we really get into the 20% of your personal experience. So whether you want to go 100% plant-based and make it indulgent, whether you want to go 100% whole food plant-based and SOS free, whether you're an athlete or you want to gain muscle, you know, we get really personalized. Um, yeah, so it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> that so, is amazing and something that the world needs because um, we do need to have our hands held uh, through this process. And as we're learning about this and, you know, some people are, you know, tend to be fear-based. So they're afraid, like, is it safe to eat that many vegetables or, you know, what's going to happen if I don't get my meat and my protein, um, things like that. Or what if I don't, you know, have all these, you know, additional fats or whatever in my diet, what's going to happen to my brain? Is it going to explode? So, you know, being able to walk people through that and also introduce them slowly. Like when people do my program, it is like, we hit you hard. It's like you start today and it's a hundred percent rule, but they're that's because they need it. Yeah, they have a chronic disease or they're, you know, facing a surgery to have multiple organs taken out. And so it's, um, you know, it, we really are talking about life and death a lot of times with my clients. Whereas, you know, for you, it's, you know, if your clients can do this, you know, 80, even T. Colin Campbell says, if people are doing what you're suggesting and what you're doing with the 80-20 plant program, mm -hmm. we can see an eradication of 80 to 97% of chronic diseases. Yes. And how amazing. How amazing. How how amazing is that? And who wouldn't want that? Because yeah, one of the worst things is to see a loved one or to have to go through it yourself, you know, battling, you know, type two diabetes and amputations and blindness and heart disease and heart attacks and stroke. And so, you know what, everybody sign up for uh, Julia Marie's 8020 plants program. Please go to her website, 8020plants.com. Yep. yep. Awesome. So excited. Julia, it has been such a pleasure having you on the Eat Real to Heal podcast. You are the epitome of what it means to eat real to heal. So thank you for all the work that you do in this world to make people healthy and to make the environment better and to take care of the plant animals that we have and the plants, the animals and the plants on the planet. Thank you for having me. It's been a wonderful conversation. I could speak for hours with you. Yeah, me as well. There's so many topics I wrote down here, but we'd be talking for another two, three days. Yeah. So we'll probably have to follow up. I want to follow up with you definitely after your program is underway and hear um, about the success, the success stories of the people you have going through the program as well. So let's follow up in a few months time with that. Sounds great. Awesome, Julia. Have an amazing day. You too. Bye. Thanks everyone out there for listening. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed that show with Julia Murray. Isn't she an absolute inspiration? So get over to her website. Uh, all the links in that will be in the show notes. So you can just click on the link at juliamurray.com. No, it's not. Da, 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 da. This is what I'm supposed to do for Becky. Wave the, wave the sticky note. 
So get over to her website at juliamurray.ca, Hooked on Plants, and learn all about what it takes to become a plant-based, whole food, vegan athlete and superstar. And reclaim your health, reclaim your life, get all your energy back, because I know you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We have 60% of North Americans are currently living with a chronic degenerative disease. That is an epidemic. It is uncalled for, especially when diet, if you adopt a whole foods, nutrient-dense, plant-based, true, unrefined, unprocessed lifestyle that is delicious. You're going to love it. I promise you. If you adopt a lifestyle like that, we can prevent up to 90 to 95 percent of the chronic degenerative diseases that currently affect developed countries. So get over to our website use the coupon code provided in the show and start that program you can also head over to our website sign up for our online course and i just want to let you know about one more thing we are launching our corporate peak performance game changers program where we work with corporations of 50 employees and we help them we handhold them for five weeks just like we do with our individual program our eat real to heal program we hold their hands for five weeks so they can learn all about using food as medicine to reclaim their health overcome their chronic degenerative diseases and so they can get the energy back get their mindset back get rid of the brain fog and optimize their life not only at home but also at work because who wouldn't want to have unlimited energy so you can accomplish all of your career dreams whether you work for somebody or whether you run a company so get over to our website at nicoletterichet.com the links are going to be in the show notes and fill out our form get on our waiting list to be one of the first corporations to work with us and do our corporate peak performance game changer program we promise it will change your organization's life the return on investment is over 500%. You are going to see productivity, less sick days. You're going to see peak performance out of all your employees and not just your employees, but also yourself if you're a CEO. Since I turned on to plant-based whole food, I have been able to grow five companies while raising my three kids and having two dogs. And a couple times, yep, I did almost burn myself out, but that was because I had so much energy. I was just killing it like I was literally pushing myself to the max and just not getting enough sleep so I had to do that I had to focus on getting enough sleep and once I did my health was restored but if I had not been doing that with a plant-based whole food diet I can tell you this I would have ended up with a chronic disease so we have that story on one of our podcasts but yeah definitely get over to nicoletterichet.com fill out that form let your hr department know that our program exists and let them know about the benefits to your organization so we can work together to achieve our big hairy audacious goal which is to help 22 million people reverse the chronic degenerative diseases. Super excited to do that. We've already worked with thousands of people because you listen to our podcast. You are one of tens of thousands of people that are listening to our podcast. So if you like the show with Julia, if you like anything that you heard today or on any of our other shows, please share this show 
with someone that you know, someone that you love, or even a stranger if they're battling a chronic illness so that they can reclaim their health and turn their life around so they can be the most amazing, giving citizens on this globe. And you can only truly do that when you have amazing health. So thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, eat well, do well. Bye for now.